Are you ready to listen to my dad Joe and Uncle Justin talk about sports? Now on with the show. The Joe Mays and J Raff Show is brought to you by Mays Sandwich Shop, which has been serving the greater Westlawn area delicious food for over 70 years. You are listening to The Joe Mays and J Raff Show. Boring. A. <clears throat> weekly podcast about sports since 2011. Don't you ever get tired of being wrong all the time? With a focus on football. Kansas City 31, San Francisco 20. Mahomes takes the snap. He's just going to throw it long for Demarcus Robinson. It is going to use up all the time. The game is over. And the Chiefs kingdom has firmly planted its flag on top of football's highest summit. Kansas City Chiefs are champions of Super Bowl 54. Now, here are your hosts, Joe Mays and Justin Raffoff. Good evening and welcome everyone to the Joe Mays and J-Raff show. This is episode 301 and if you're watching, you can tell it is just me in the studio, but it is not because Justin isn't with us. It just means that he's not here in person, you know, this whole county on lockdown and social distancing stuff. Um, we got to abide by uh, the, well, I mean, it's not technically, I guess, law, but um, what would you say, uh, Justin? It's just uh, strongly encouraged yeah, I, with punishment? Yeah, <laughs> yeah and I, I would feel... Uh... I feel a bit out of place when I sit here and criticize everybody who thinks they know better than the experts and then to then go act like I know better than the experts. That might not be the best strategy I want to, I want to do. So they say, stay home. I'll stay home. Yeah. I mean, it was, there was a lot of optional stuff going on when we did this a week ago. It was mostly about large groups and crowds. Uh, Berks County was not in the stay at home order. So we felt comfortable doing it at that time. And uh, things got worse throughout the week, as I'm sure many of you are aware. So we just thought it was in our best interest to abide by uh, the, the the government uh, ordinances and, like Justin said, listen to experts and just uh, steer clear of one another just to uh, play it safe and be uh, respectful and uh, hopefully uh, remain healthy, which uh, we both are and I believe everyone we know is healthy. So that's a positive. Okay, so this evening we're going to be talking about a topic just kind of off the top of my head and trying to figure out what we wanted to discuss here on episode 301. You know, last week we did football talk, surprise, surprise, and we uh, kind of surprised everyone at the beginning by bringing on Chad Henney via the phone to talk about the CBA and NFL free agency, knowing that he had re-signed with the Kansas City Chiefs for another uh, two-year tour. So again, congratulations to him and we thank him for joining us for episode 300. This week we're going to change it up with kind of a hypothetical um, proposal that's, you know, it's been bandied about um, from time to time. I think I saw it during last football season maybe, but the potential for NFL realignment, I think it came up uh, in the fall because of the rumors that Jacksonville may be heading to London in the next few years. I don't know, Justin, did you hear anything? Was that addressed in the CBA at all, an international team? I I think the only thing that was mentioned was that um, I, I think they kind of leveled the playing field there a little bit in terms of, like, no team is going to play, like, more than a set number. It might be, like, two games a season over there or something like that. Um, I think there – I'd seen language addressing that type of issue. I did not see anything that – would lead it to that case. Um, I did read an article and I'd have to look it up because I don't even remember who it was from, but like an article maybe at the beginning of last season or so that went through and listed about like a hundred reasons why, even though they think the NFL would love it, why they don't think it's going to happen anytime soon. Okay. That a team would move to London. Um, and it, it was all like the business side of things. Right. Um, which is honestly, that's the reason it's not going to be 
Like if it happens or doesn't happen, it's going to be for the business reasons. It's not going to be because, you know, fans in Pennsylvania or fans, you know, I mean, it's going to be strictly business right. will determine that. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Um, so I don't think anything was specifically addressed, but uh, we we shall see. Yeah, I, I don't know um, what the future holds in that regard. So we, the thing that we're about to talk about here, NFL realignment, just has all the teams in their same location as they are going to be for the 2020 season. And we know that a few teams have shifted in recent years and one team shifted this year. The Raiders have left uh, Oakland and are in Las Vegas, which is an interesting thing all in of itself. They were supposed to host the draft this year, and because of the coronavirus situation, uh, they're still, I guess, are they still technically hosting it? Is anything being done in Las Vegas, or is it all being remote? Um, You know, I don't don't really know. My guess is it's going to be remote. Um, Yeah, I I honestly don't even know. I don't don't know how, if you're... If you're not putting on the production, there's really no need for it to be in Las Vegas. You know well, that's what I, mean? what I was thinking, but then um, I caught myself because I was like, you know what? I'm not sure. Right. I mean, I guess if you have, you know, in theory, Goodell and some executives could fly out there on their private planes. You know what I mean? Right. Like, which is certainly a different dynamic, but you'd still need like a television production crew, I would imagine. So I, you would think. I, I would think that that is probably, well, maybe not. I was going to say that might be easier from the New York location, but honestly, maybe not. Um, I, I don't know. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I didn't give much a thought if anything was going to be happening in Vegas. I, I guess I would think not. Like, what's the point? Couldn't you just right. all do honestly, this from? I, right. I would rather I would rather them not and then put Vegas back on the list, you know, to go back there relatively soon. You right. know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, I yeah. think that would be an awesome spectacle the draft has really blown up into this huge awesome event oh yeah huge it would be cool to do it in vegas when you can do it to the scale that it deserves for sure yeah for sure so um we'll see how that happens but yeah the raiders have officially moved to vegas they are now the las vegas raiders and um that's really the only movement and we got some lots of new logos and uh, new uniforms and new colors and stuff being debuted. I think there's at least a handful, if not more, debuting uh, new logos and or new colors and uniforms, like the Chargers and Rams for sure. The Patriots are tweaking. The Bucks. I feel like there was an... I mean, I, I guess... I don't know if the Raiders are changing anything other than their, their home name, but um, a lot of things here and there, if you're interested in that type of stuff, is changing. Um, but... Things not changing, at least in the foreseeable future, are divisions and conferences. But we're here to, um, you know, just throw a proposal on the table. It's really my proposal that I was going to surprise Justin with, but because he couldn't be here with me, I sent it to him ahead of time just so that he could pull it up and look at it as we discuss it. So, right. um, my proposal here, and I have a, I have an image of it. Let me pull it up, uh, and it, this completely blows up the way the NFL operates. It has, I hadn't pretty much completely disregarded the current divisions and conferences because to me to make sense for travel and whatnot because of the absolute east coast bias that most professional sports leagues uh favor for a variety of reasons not just population you know you can't group too many teams out west there's only a grand total of like eight maybe 11 if you're including Minnesota, Dallas and Houston um you know west of the the dividing line there that's like halfway through the country depending on where you divide it. So barely a third of the teams even qualify for that. Everyone else is on the east. So it was kind of tough, but the way I went about it was almost purely geographical, trying to see what makes the most sense. I nearly completely um made irrelevant the current division setup and especially did not care one bit about rivalries. And I know that's a huge issue for many teams and fans. But 
it's happened before where you had new teams being added, other things being moved around, and they didn't quite fix it. So since they're going to 17 games here, either next year or the year after, uh, next year as in 2021, or the following year would be my guess, that the latest time to the 17-game regular season would start. Now is the time to change things, better align things, and perhaps create some new rivalries. So I drew on a map. I sent this to Justin, and... This yep. is something that probably will not happen, but I thought it would be fun to rename the divisions instead of doing the compass directions after big time coaches um, from one of the teams in the division. So like they're most historic coaches in NFL history. The only ones that I didn't include were obvious because they already have names on trophies. So you're not going to find Lombardi. Um, you're not going to find... I should say it was was coaches, owners, like people important in NFL, AFL lore. Um, you know, yeah. those are the people I considered. So Lombardi, obviously, already on the trophy, the biggest trophy, the most important trophy in all of pro football. And um, Hunt already has his name on the trophy. And, um, oh, who's the NFC? Because I had him as a division name. And then I was like, oh, wait, he's already on the NFC trophy. And now I can't remember. Oh, I can't remember. But anyways... This is what I came up with. Yes, Hallis. That's right. Yep. Yep. Chicago. So yeah. So I didn't do Lombardi, Hallis, or Hunt. So this is what I came up with. The circles are the new divisions. And Justin, you can see maybe the first thing you noticed. Well, I shouldn't say the first thing because I'm sure you looked at Philadelphia first. But the next thing you might have looked at at large was that the NFC North stays together completely. And they're the only one that that happened to. I did notice that. Um it was, there are a couple where three of the four have, you know, stay. And then, um, there's one that, you know, kind of sw- would have switched, but it, it's interesting because, um, when you look at it, a lot of those, like the, a lot of the one off, as I would maybe refer to them, um, as it currently exists, exists because of the movement of teams from before, you know what I mean? Like, um, well, you, you look at some of the teams, just for example, um, you know, like uh, like the Rams, for example. I know they were in the West, but like they were out there and then they moved. They were in the Midwest and then right. they moved back, you know, like so a lot of those were kind of left over from an old, old system. You right. know, they never really... I know they did revamp it at, at one point, but like we've had movement and changes in teams since then. So, um, it, yeah, like geographically, honestly, this could seem to make a lot of sense, you know? Right. So, yeah, I, I mean, I, 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 you do point out that I could possibly make it a little bit easier for people to, uh, understand or, or get behind if I would flip flop, um, the chargers and Cardinals, which you could easily do. It's not that big yeah, a deal. Honestly, yeah, but I kind of like it the way it is. But I feel like, like it makes the it. geographical rivals then more important, like the two LA teams playing twice a year. Maybe they'll actually no, sell absolutely. out a stadium then. Right. They should They should absolutely have to play in, in like, they should be in the same division. Like, I think that would be awesome. I was thinking something also, it would be cool. And I, again, this is just a crazy out there idea just because we're talking about out there ideas, but like if your team wins the division, you should get to rename the division for the next year. <laughs> well, that you know was my, I mean? so like, that was one of the so things like if, that people, the, sorry, go ahead. No. Yeah. So like if the Eagles won, um, the Vermeil division, you know, they, they could make it the Vermeil division or like the buddy you know, Ryan, like the team, the team, right. Buddy Ryan, you can make it whatever you want. Like, um, did you take contemporary issues in high school? Uh, no. Okay. Okay. So, Mr. Conway. Yeah, I never had Mr. Conway. We, played, we, we had this. We had this ongoing like Jeopardy game. It was like this, you know, current events and news stuff. But if you swept a category, you got to rename the category, right? Nice. So, like, I could have like. So there was always a sports category, sports and like entertainment kind of thing. It was set up like kind of like trivia pursuit, but like. So, like, if you swept it, you got to rename it. Like, I feel like that would be cool. Maybe, maybe it didn't you know, just winning the division. Maybe it's like, if you win the Super Bowl, you get to rename your division or something. You know what I mean? But like, right. it, it would be cool just to like, have that going around. You know, like yeah. think about, 
yeah, how no, long I, like New England would have gotten to name whatever they want. But you know, like just I don't know why not. You right. Know what I mean, like right right now it's like the NFC East, so like right, it's not like there's prestige in the name. Right. So. Right. I, that's what I, I was thinking back to when hockey used to do it. You know, they used to have the conferences had names or the divisions yeah. had names. You know, it was just cool. They had different different things happen. It kind of made it it made it different, and it was fun. And I just right. thought that would be cool for and the you, NFL to do. I am. There might be something wrong with my picture. I do not see leaders and legends as names of divisions. Yeah, that was the runner up. That was runner up. Um, <laughs> So, you know, we can't, you can't deep, please deep dive, everyone. Deep dive where people listening probably don't even know. Yeah, they're probably like, that. what are they talking about? That's probably what they're like every week we're on here. Um, but, you know. Fair point. <laughs> so, um, did anything else jump out to you that you liked, didn't like, or just, uh, you know, surprised it worked so, like that? Or So, I, you're, you're, you pretty much nailed it exactly right. I immediately looked to see where the Eagles were. And then I immediately saw that the NFC North stayed the same. Um, but when you're going from a geographical standpoint, that one makes a lot of sense. Um, I also like look at one and I'm like, man, you want to talk about a division where I just don't really care a whole lot. Um, you're probably looking at the Gibbs division and the Shula division. You know what I mean? Like, right. Um, just from, just from the simple. Now, to be clear, as soon as the games start and there's meaningful football, like I'm going to get invested in all of those. You know what I mean? Tom Brady's in Tampa. Like, you know, there's, there's a million things that I would get interested in. But when I look, I'm like, man, between those t- two divisions, like, especially if the Redskins are not in the Eagles division, I'm like, I don't really care about them. You know what I mean? Like, right. honestly, the only reason I care about them right now is because they're in the Eagles division. Not, it's not because they're good. Um, no, Ron Rivera's there. He'll probably turn it around. Right. Um, if, if Snyder can get out of the way. But, like, I look at the Colts. They're an interesting story. But, like, again, you know, the Dolphins, I kind of have always had a soft spot for, just in the sense of my mom always liked the Dolphins um, when I was growing up. So, like, um, most of that because Shula went there, and Shula has the Baltimore roots and everything. Right. But, um you know, it's definitely not because you're a Dolphins fan, but no, um, I understand. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, like so, I look at those, but I look at some of the other ones. Like honestly, that Walsh division, Seattle, San Francisco, and the Rams, which is already in existence. But you add the Chargers in, I think that would be exciting. Like I really think that would be exciting. I think it would be exciting that Stram division with the Raiders in Las Vegas, and then you have the Broncos and the Chiefs, and you have Kyler Murray and stuff down in Arizona. I I just think I think that would be pretty cool. Do you when when you saw how I had it with the name? Did did that have any impact at all when you first saw it? What what was that? The the names of the division. Did you did that catch you off guard, or uh, like what were you thinking bit, about but- that? Once, once I looked at it, it wasn't it wasn't bad at all. Um, can you hear me? Yeah, Sorry. yeah, yeah. You're good. Okay, I was just moving moving rooms. Yeah, but um, yeah, like I I like the name idea. Um, some of them, like I had to go through and just like think, but like they all make sense, and I I kind of like the idea, especially if we're if we're going to start over and and redo the whole thing. Why not Why not change it? Right. And there was a few divisions that I, I struggled at first off the top of my head, figuring out what to call well, them. I, I didn't want to, I, I was hesitant to call the NFC North Lambo because they already have Lambo Field. But when I knew I wasn't using right. Lombardi, and actually I had it as Hallis first before I realized that he was already a trophy. Right. So then I was like, well, what right. do I do? But then I looked at over, over the coaches and I was like, well, there's no really other. Packers or Bears coach that stands. I mean, I could have gone with Dick Guy, I guess, possibly because of his yeah. player roots too. But I was leaning more towards f- pro football originators and big time coaches. And everyone knows Dick Guy, right. um, but like Vikings and Lions, I couldn't really figure out what I wanted to do. So I felt like Lambo was the next uh, logical no, choice I, I there. Um, the and, only thing, one of the things that popped in my head pretty quickly was that I was like, 
I, I completely get why it's the Parcells division, but I'm like, that is a shoe in to eventually be the Belichick division, right? Like, it has to be. <laughs> yeah, but I, I made it a point to not have any active um, uh, no, people. I, I, I completely. But it, it just worked too perfectly. That. He coached three of the four teams, you know, <laughs> like, it, and, right, and no, he's no, one of the all time winningest coaches in, in pro football. Absolutely. So. But, one of the other things, like we mentioned the two LA teams that are going to share a stadium being in the same division, putting the New York teams in the same division. Heck yes. Right. Heck yes. That would be awesome. Yeah. That's what I, I just think a lot of it makes a lot of sense and you can tweak it here and there, but um, I, I think way, it works. My, my biggest gripe, and I may be jumping that gun. Yeah. Cause this is, we're going to, I know what you're going to say and we're going to okay. address it, but okay. go ahead. No, go yeah. ahead. No, 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 we'll save it, we'll save it. Are you talking about um, the rivalry? No, 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 I'm talking about how my life would be miserable with those current, with, the, with oh, your... With, with Baltimore and Pittsburgh, no, yeah, you go, yeah, I know, um, it, but just like... Every time my team, every time my team would win, I would lose, you understand that, right? <laughs> right, because right, you got your, your mom, the Ravens fan, your wife, the Steelers fan, and one of your best friends, the Browns fan. Right, exactly, I mean, the Browns <laughs> one. Right. Right. Like he, he's already self-deprecating about it. So it's not a huge deal. <laughs> uh, so you can guarantee exactly. yourself two wins a year right there. Yeah. But, <laughs> um, yeah. So Parcells division is a combination of AFC East and NFC East, uh, m- mostly AFC East. I just basically replaced the giants with, or the, I replaced the dolphins with the giants because, Think of it. That's one of two huge examples of why are these teams grouped together? Why are the Dolphins in the AFC East? And why are the Cowboys in the NFC East? Well, this realignment changes that, and you got all four teams grouped together nicely. Uh, the Knoll division, like you just talked about, Eagles, Ravens, Steelers, Browns, again, everyone's right there. It doesn't preserve an NFC rival for Philadelphia, but... no. They they get the the interstate game with Pittsburgh twice a year, and they get to play right. Baltimore, who's right there. Right, Baltimore's an upgrade over Washington to me. Absolutely. So one, it's a better team, so it's a better game, and closer. So you have the potential there, and you have that you have that natural interstate with the Steelers, the Steelers wouldn't lose either of their biggest rivals and they would gain one because the Steelers, I, no, Steelers Bengals was interesting there for a while, but it was really just because you didn't know if Fontes perfect was actually going to kill someone or not. Right. Um, but like in terms of a natural rivalry, like it's one of those, well, I guess it's kind of with them in the Browns too. Like, you know, is there a rivalry if the same team wins every time? You know what I mean? Like, um, which brings me to a side point. I saw somebody say how, and it was one of those where I, I caught them saying it, and it just infuriated me. On the Steelers this year, they talked about how uh, clearly Antonio Brown not being there was the reason their offense was so poor this year and really? why they dropped so far in the red zone. And I'm like, listen, I can't for sure say that it's not Antonio Brown not being there. However, when your quarterback goes out after week one and doesn't come back, that's probably a big part of it, too. You they know were what I mean? trotting out a guy named guy Duck. Right, right, right. Yeah. You, you were looking. You had guys that you wanted to bring back but couldn't get out of their XFL contract. Um, so, yeah, that was just a side note about the Steelers. But, like, I, it would take some time to grow. But, like, man. I, I think I think some of these would be really cool. I think that you know some of the underrated ones, like I think Indianapolis and the Bengals, like that could be a good one. Redskins, Redskins, Panthers. You want to talk about it? Ron Rivera just went from one team to the other. You know, like that right. would be great. Um, and you get the three Florida teams with Atlanta. Like I think there's a lot of potential. Dallas and Houston. Man, and, and geographically, Houston, New Orleans are really close. And you throw Tennessee in there. That would be an exciting division. Right. I I think there's a lot more to gain here than to lose. And obviously you are losing something, but there's going to be give and take for everything. And I don't know. I just, I thought that this was fun. I thought there was, it was a good opportunity, good potential. And it's just something to talk about, obviously, but 
I feel like it's going to happen at some point because it's we've been in this alignment for what eighteen years now, and if they're going to be changing right. regular season games and you know if other teams start moving, it might make a lot of sense. So why not jump the gun yeah, here? Absolutely. And so uh, yeah, I have another picture here with it by their helmets. Which let me see if I can yeah. find it and, pu- and pull it up and uh, make this a uh, a little bit more interesting to look at. Um, I have so, and I did a fun thing with the helmets, which I'm, you probably noticed that I use some throwbacks. Um, yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, let's see, here we go. Let's okay, actually, before I pull that up, my dad's been texting about it, and I just want to get a few of the things in that he has said. Um, so he asked, which do you think would be the hardest and which would be the easiest in the new alignment? So I'll um, pull it up. I'll go by the uh, cameras, some current, some retro. Um, so is as the current state, like going by the last three to five years, okay. I would have to say, in my opinion, I would probably go with either Noel with Baltimore, Philly, and Pittsburgh, and who the heck knows with Cleveland, or Landry because of Dallas, Houston, New Orleans, and Tennessee's resurgence. To me, those are the top two. Now, I think next closest to me would be either Lambeau or Walsh. But Noel or Landry would be my top two. Yeah, I wholeheartedly agree. I think... um... Any given year, it could be Noel or Landry. Um, you know, I looked at it. I was like, oh, man. At first, I was thinking, I was like, the Landry, they had four playoff teams this year, but they didn't. But the Cowboys, like, as much as I love that they didn't make the playoffs, like, they absolutely should have been a playoff team. I don't know why they weren't. Um, I mean, I, I do know they didn't win enough games. But you know what I mean. Right, like, I, yeah. They, they, they should have been a playoff team. So there are four playoff-worthy teams in the Landry division. I mean, I guess in theory you could make that argument extended out in the Null division. You could say if the if the Steelers have Roethlisberger, they probably make the playoffs. Ravens made the playoffs. The Browns, you should you could argue should have been better than they were. Maybe not make the playoffs. Um, but like, yeah. So Nolan Landry, but I look at that Walsh division, and man, like the three teams. The Rams, the three current NFC teams um, of the Rams, Niners, and Seahawks. Whew. And then you add in the Chargers, who I think are going to figure out the quarterback situation. I don't know exactly how yet, but I think they're going to. And then I think they are going to get it going, too. Um, yeah, it, I, I would put those. I mean, honestly, well. It's crazy because I look at that Parcells division and the Bills getting better. Patriots are the Patriots. But again, huge unknown there right now. But if we're going over the last few years. I would say last like three years or so. Right. And honestly, like I want to say the Giants, but like kind of, I've kind of been on the Giants the opposite of what you've done with the Saints. Like I kind of keep waiting for the Giants to be better than they have been. Um, Maybe next year's the year. I hope not. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I love that they're not good. But, like, and same with the Jets. The Giants and Jets both have underachieved the last couple of years. So, I I really don't think you can count them right now. So, I'm kind of on board with you there. So, we're in agreement with uh, who are the top two toughest. Really, we went, like, top four. We said probably, probably Landry, closely followed by Noel. And then my three or four would either be Lambo or Walsh. I'd probably favor Walsh. Um, in the current state of things with Lambo right behind weakest of these probably based on the last three or so years, like you said, like the bills are getting better and the Patriots are the Patriots, but the giants and jets are not good, but they're still two decent to very good teams. There um, right, Gibbs right. Carolina has been trending down. Cincinnati has been awful. Indianapolis has okay. kind of been treading water. Um, not, not right. bad. Probably right. the best team in that division. Um, but the Redskins haven't been good. So Gibbs isn't exactly great. Right, here, here's one of those things, and I wholeheartedly agree with you. Gibbs sticks out to me. 
The Redskins were in first place in the NFC East a year and a half ago when Alex Smith broke his leg in half. That's true. Like, like, and what was that? That was like November-ish, I think. Yeah. Like, it's crazy. Weren't they like 7-5 and five or something like that? Yeah, yeah. They were 7-5, first place in the division. It might have been tied, but like, first place in the division, and then the wheels literally fell off. Um now, again, they had they had been treading water and not necessarily doing the greatest over the years leading into that. Um, they hadn't really done much since, like, RG3 had burst onto the scene. Right. But, yeah, like, you want to talk about how it can go from, man, we could win a, a pretty good division to we're restarting and now we have a new coach and everything in a hurry. Yeah. So, uh, obviously, sorry, go ahead. No, that gives the vision. I think there's some potential there, but they would definitely stick out to me. Um, And the only other one I was going to add was, was the Shula division. Um, just because Atlanta, like I expect bigger things from Atlanta this year and they, they looked better at the end of the year. Jacksonville though, trying to see Atlanta to me is treading water, maybe going up after a terrible start last year. Jacksonville is trending down. Miami is, I think trending up. Tampa Bay, because of the recent acquisitions, is probably trending up. So I think potential in, you know, 20, even if we go by 2020, although I wouldn't, this wouldn't start till 2021 in my scenario, I still think there's better potential in Shula than there is in Gibbs right now. Uh, But that could all change with Bridgewater coming into Carolina. The Bengals probably drafting Burrow. The Colts have Rivers for this season. And the Redskins have Haskins only entering his second year. Uh, So... I think both of those are probably the two worst. They're all, they're both in the East. Um, and my third, my distant third would be Stram because Kansas city, I think rules that, but uh, there's a lot of potential with Arizona. Who knows what Las Vegas is going to give us. And Denver still has an unproven, but young quarterback. So they are to me, the third weakest, um, them or Parcells, but it, it Gibbs and Shula for sure are one of, or either one of those is, is the weakest to me. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I think um, you look at, again, over the last few years, that Gibbs division has certainly struggled. And again, a lot of it, you look at it, it, it almost all has been due to injury. The Bengals have how many injuries every year that they haven't been able to shake. And they just started, they were a poor team. You know, their chance was the year Vontez Perfect committed the personal foul against Antonio Brown. Yeah, was that four four or five years ago now? Yeah, that's the game they should have won, and who knows what happens after that. But they blew it. Um, The Panthers were doing great until Cam couldn't stay healthy, right? Like, they were a Super Bowl team. He was an MVP, like, caliber caliber player, and it came apart. Um, The Colts were doing great, and then um, Andrew Luck, Injuries retires, you know, um, and the Redskins leading the division a year and a half ago, and Allison Smith breaks his leg, literally snaps it in half. Yeah. Um, Reminiscent of Theismann. Right, yeah. So, like, you look at it, huge issues with quarterback injuries in that for all four of those teams, and they haven't been good. Right. Imagine that. Yeah, crazy how there's a correlation there. So the other thing my dad wanted to point out, and this is just to needle you a bit, is that of the eight divisions, two of them have coached the Cowboys. So he just wanted to point that out. Um, no Eagle coaches, but two Cowboy coaches is what he says. So, Hey, I, w- I would just like to point out that, yet again, a Cowboys fan looking back to how the glory of days past. <laughs> so. going back to Tom Landry not even the Jimmy Johnson division we're going back to Landry uh, the other thing he right. said and he slipped it in before I mentioned it to you but then I saw it after the fact is when I told you that the Eagles were given two easy wins for the Browns he had already said the Browns will have two easy wins so <laughs> so that, that gets us all cut up there so I, I want to move on here and just show you what well, and, and we kind of glossed over this but it probably makes sense that if I'm aligning everything by division geographically, we're going to do the same thing with conferences gone as NFC AFC, because there's really no leftover ties to the old NFL and the original AFL. Everyone's been intermingled. We got rid of that. Um, We'll still keep the hunt and Hallis trophy because the bears and chiefs are in opposite. um, Oh no, they're in the same size conference though. I didn't think about that. 
Well, whatever. It doesn't matter. We'll, we'll, <laughs> the Chiefs can't win the Hunt Trophy, I guess. Um, we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. But Eastern Conference is Parcells, Noel, Gibbs, and Shula, which is basically the Eastern Seaboard and the Mid-Atlantic. And then the Western Conference is everyone else. Wall, Stram, Lambeau, and Landry. That covers you there. So the next thing is how would the how how would the schedule work in a 17 game schedule? So to make it easy the first year, in the first arrow diagram I sent you, this is how it's gonna happen. So you play everyone in your division just like they do now, twice. So from the Eagles perspective, you'd be playing the Browns, Ravens, and Steelers twice. That makes sense. Simple. The way that I set it up, you would also be playing the division in the Western Conference that's right across from you just to get things started. So in 2021 or whenever this hypothetical situation realignment would happen, the Null Division would be playing the Stram Division. So the Eagles would play the Cardinals, Broncos, Chiefs, and Raiders. Um, they would also be, let's see if I can pull this up, playing they uh, you would play a division in your conference as well and to make things simple i just did one and two and three and four so the null division where the eagles are will be playing the parcells division so that means we'd get eagles against bills patriots giants and jets right there you get to play the giants again only once but you still get to play them you get to play new england which is great um and then jets and bills are kind of afterthoughts in the eagles uh vision but that's uh, that's how I set it up. And that, and that goes true for across all the divisions. You're just going to flip-flop. And then you rotate through as the years go on. This is all exactly how they do it now. So none of this is really different. You play one division in your conference, one division from the other conference, and everyone in your own division twice. Okay? So then the uh, the the last thing here is how are you going to add the last few games? So the way they do it now is everyone in your conference – in the other divisions, the two you're not playing, you play this team that finish in the same spot as you. And for argument's sake, I just have them in alphabetical order. So the by by city name. So Philadelphia Eagles are there in slot three in the Knoll division. They would then play slot three in Gibbs and Shula to get this kick started. So the Eagles would play the Colts and believe it or not, the Dolphins. I didn't set that up. That's just the way that's just the way it happened. Um, but then there's that last game. So that's 16 games if you're keeping count at home. Um, Noel Division twice, Parcells Division, Stram Division, and then the Colts and Dolphins. That's 14 games. You need, or excuse me, that's 16 games. You need one more. And the likelihood of that is being another another Western Conference game in, in this setup. So the Eagles will play someone from either the Walsh, Walsh, Lambeau, or Landry division since they're already playing the Stram division. And the argument is it's going to be in the real-life NFL, they're going to add it um, from the opposite conference. You're going to get to play five teams from the other conference, whereas you only play four now. And again, they're probably going to do matchups with the way that you finished. So in this hypothetical right. situation, the Eagles are in slot three in the Knoll, so they're going to play someone in slot three. They're already playing the Chiefs, so it's going to come from Lambeau, Landry, or Walsh. And because we were flip-flopping um, one and two in the East, Parcells and Knoll, we're going to flip-flop Walsh and Stram. You're playing the Stram, so you get the Walsh. So the Eagles are playing the 49ers. So there's my Eagles realignment schedule. That is what it would look like in my hypothetical universe um, it, I think it's fun. It's, it's interesting. You get to play the Giants, um, you know, keeping that tradition. You get to play the Patriots, which, you know, after the last 20 years, that's always an interesting matchup. And we already talked about getting to play the, the uh, Ravens, Browns, and Steelers twice, throw in the Dolphins for, our, you know, you and me. That would be very interesting for us uh, to get to play um, every few years and maybe actually every year, depending on how the teams finish. The biggest drawback, obviously, is there is no mention of the Dallas Cowboys. And that was the biggest drawback when it came to creating this realignment was that some significant rivalries were going to essentially end for the future. Um, now, it could make right. it a bigger game when it happens in the regular season. Essentially, Eagles-Cowboys would become what Eagles-Dolphins is now. Right. With the only possibility of making it greater is if when the first few years of realignment happening, if there was an Eagles Cowboys Super Bowl. Right. Yeah. I mean, when, when I look at it, yes, you'd be sacrificing some of those 
again, when I try and look at it from a from a bigger picture, like the you ask any Eagles fan who their biggest rival is, and I feel like they're absolutely going to say the Cowboys. But I don't know, like if you ask Cowboys fans now, if you ask Cowboys fans from this area, I think they would say the Eagles. But if you ask Cowboys fans from Dallas or from other parts of the country, I don't know that they'd say the Eagles. Maybe they would based on recent history, but I feel like the national story about that all the time is how like the Giants and and Cowboys, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like on that bigger picture, the Eagles Cowboys hits home for me because I'm an Eagles fan, you know, and the Cowboys fans I know are from here, you know, so like I feel like that adds to it. Um, I'd be interested to know, like, what, like, is it truly, would the Cowboys consider the Eagles their, their main rival? You know what I mean? Like, right. Um, like, this gets into a complicated discussion a lot when, when it comes up with Penn State and, and the whole idea of unrivaled, you know, um, just because in order for you to be someone's rival, like, they have theory, to reciprocate. They have to, they have to consider you their rival, right? Like, so, you know, I look at, you know, yes, Penn State, Ohio State, it, there is a rivalry there. It, it is correct to use that term, but no one there is going to claim that that's the biggest rival because Ohio State and Michigan will always be the biggest rival. Right. It, you know, like, so it, it just gets complicated. And I don't know. So, like, yes, you're taking some away, but some of the, like, are some of those just produced because they've played a thousand times? You know, it's not necessarily yeah, absolutely. familiarity other than that. Right. So it, it, so it, like, it was always interesting to me how the NCAA football games, RIP, uh, handle rivalries because there was always, like, I think most teams had like three to five rivals because there, right. there, there may be one main one, but like you still have grudge matches with other teams. And to me, going the college route, Penn State, we never had that one rivalry. It probably should right. be Pitt, it, like it should be. But the way things yeah. are set up, that's not really possible not. over the last 20 years. Right. And then that loses some of its shine. It right, should exactly. be Pitt, but it, it's not. But it, like if, I'm, right. if someone's like, we're making NCAA 2021, it's coming out this summer, you have to pick four rivals for Penn State so that it's a rivalry game in the game. You know, you get the bonuses, you get the recruiting, all that stuff. To me, it would have to be, and there is no main rival, so you couldn't even put main rival, but you would pick Ohio State, Michigan, Pitt, and then who do you choose? Do you, you choose one of the lower teams that make you their rival so you just reciprocate out of necessity, like Maryland or Rutgers? Like, right. I mean, but who else is there? Like, I know there's a trophy with Minnesota, but that's not a rivalry. Right. And you could say, you could say Michigan state, but here's the problem with that. Michigan state, they have two other rivals. Exactly. Exactly. So like, I I would probably go with like the Maryland because of the recruiting battles that take place there and stuff like that. But yeah, again, like Maryland may like, uh, perfect example. If you ask a Maryland football fan, like you ask, you could ask both of them, and they probably would tell you that like Penn State's the rival. But like, we're, look, we're here and we're we're throwing it in as fourth, maybe just because we have to pick one. You know what I mean? Like, we would never name Maryland as a rival. Yeah, that, that's the um, problem with using Michigan though for Penn State because we're right. at best third Absolutely. to them. Like at best, we could right. even be fourth if you're counting Notre Dame. Right. right. And it doesn't mean that there aren't big, intense games with grudge matches, all that stuff. But, like, the rivalry, like, withstands all of that. You know, it, it has those ebbs and flows, and it has the streaks of dominance. It has all of those things, and it just lasts, outlasts those. And, yeah, when, when we talk about it, I don't really know that that's there. And to not to get off of the college thing, but, like, I feel like in the NFL, a lot of it is just manufactured. You know what I mean? When you look at... So kind of like that Penn State Maryland or Penn State Rutgers or Penn State Michigan State, you know, things where they're like the 
forces that be are like, oh, this should be a rivalry. So, like, it kind of gets treated like that, even though it's not really. You know what I mean? Like, when, when I think of, to be honest, when I think of rivalries in in pro sports, the one that, or in the NFL, the one that sticks in my mind is Steelers-Ravens. And maybe that's because of the games that took place in that, like, rivalry when I was in college in Pittsburgh. But, like, two teams that, like, seemingly hated each other, like, going out there and, again, the game has changed a little bit, but seems like a bloodbath every time. But not, like, cheap shot, dirty hits. Just, like, you know, we, we talk about how on ESPN they used to do the jacked up, like, segment. And you knew if Steelers-Ravens were playing, you were going to get two or three hits that were going to be on jacked up, you know, like. And I just look at, like, that's a natural one to me. Yeah. But, like, so many of them are, anymore, are kind of manufactured. Like, mm-hmm. or just remnants of, oh, we've, it's been a rival forever, like, so it has to be now. Right. And, like, I get that that's some of that, but, look, you, yeah, you remove, you, you know, you basically switch out the Bengals and and Eagles in that AFC North, essentially AFC North division, but I'll tell you what, it's not going to take long until the Eagles and Steelers is actually a rivalry instead of like oh, a made yeah. up one. Oh, in the same absolutely. State. You know, like that, that would be insane, you know? So like you, you, you are losing one, but you're pouring gasoline on like a Tinder fire because you know, Steelers and Eagles hardly ever play, you know? So, right. At best it's once every now, four years. Right, and now they're playing twice a year at, at least, and maybe you know, maybe you get those crazy playoff matchups every now and then. But yeah, absolutely. The, the, and think about the potential for that rivalry. You know, oh, man. I Ooh. think, and, and you already talked on, touched on this at the beginning, but we'll we'll round it out here as we near the end of the show. Going back and looking at it, the the division with the most complaints and the ones that maybe are feeling a little slighted would definitely be Gibbs because Colts, Bengals, Redskins, Panthers, that's four different divisions coming together with no history there. Um, I feel like there probably right. should be more history between Indianapolis and Cincinnati, but there's not. I mean, geographically, right. they're pretty close together. So maybe something could be created there. Same thing with Washington and Carolina. They're, they're old conference foes, but putting them together in right. a division might be interesting. But those four teams, I think, struggle a bit. I know you said uh, a lack of interest in the Shula division, but I think the three Florida teams being together is a nice interstate rivalry right. there. Absolutely. So those fan bases will, would embrace that. Um, Atlanta maybe being feeling a li- little left out, as well as Tennessee and Landry. Um, so the only other way I could propose maybe aligning these to change things up a tad would be shifting Atlanta to the Gibbs division with um, Tennessee. Having New Orleans okay. move to Shula in place of Atlanta and then having Dallas and Houston play Indianapolis and Cincinnati. So, yeah. I, I mean, that's a possibility because then you like preserve it. the Atlanta Carolina connection I mean, Tennessee's still floating yeah. out there and Washington as well. Um, Indianapolis and Cincinnati Wait. still don't have any real rivalry, but you keep Dallas and Houston, which is an interstate thing. And then obviously down in the in the Shula division, you have the three um, Florida teams plus New Orleans. Right. But no matter I, what, I there's going to be someone it, left out. Right. And I kind of look at it. I feel like Atlanta, Jacksonville, in terms of geography, isn't all that different than Atlanta, New Orleans, or not New Orleans. Atlanta, Carolina, you know what I mean? So like, right. it would only take a matter of time. And like, if these teams start playing over and over again, you know, like you look at that Shula division, if you were to just like snap your finger and make this happen right now. All right. Well, you got Tom Brady there. You've got the dolphins who have about half the number first round draft picks the next two years. You know, you've got Jacksonville who may or may not think they've got their guy. I can't imagine that. I don't think they think, think it's that Minshew. Gardner Minshew is their guy the rest of the way. Yeah. I think they, listen, I know my views on Nick Foles are probably skewed forever. I'm forever indebted to him, but I feel like I'm fairly realistic. I'm not saying he's the next great thing, but if you're telling me I'm Jacksonville and I, I need to build around someone for the next couple years, and I'm not even like long-term, couple years i'm looking for stability i'm keeping nick Foles. you know what i mean like right but 
That's that's my opinion. And Atlanta's got it. And like you said, they had a horrible first month and a half of the season, and then turned it around. And actually, were a team where they had dug too big of a hole, but no one would have wanted to play them come playoff. Time. Well, they're the they ones that really went to well. San Francisco and yeah. beat San Francisco. They beat the NFC champions in their house pretty substantially. Right, right. in a game that still meant something for San Francisco. Like, um, yeah. So I, I think I think while yes, we take away some of those rivals. As soon as you start playing some of these. But, and like I, okay, yes, you have those, but we mentioned some of the other ones. All of a sudden, you're getting Dallas and Houston. Oh, sign me up! You know, um, you're getting, you're getting the two LA teams. You're getting the two New York teams playing. Um, yeah, I just, I think, there I think are the pros outweighs the outweigh the cons. I, I think the pros outweigh right, the cons. In a few years, you're going to have it would. It would be an afterthought, just like we think when we think back to the old division alignment and everything. It would be an afterthought, and not like necessarily that these not 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 that how it is now is bad, but like it's just different, you know. And it's not college football, so like you can just change it with the you know snap of a finger. Right. This this league's only been around for a hundred years, not a hundred and fifty years. So exactly, exactly. <laughs> I mean, we just saw it in the NHL a few years ago. They moved Detroit from the Western Conference to the Eastern Conference, and we saw it in Major League right. Baseball. The Astros used to be in in the uh, in the NL. So, right. like this right. happens all the time. Teams move. Now, this is blowing yeah. it up pretty substantially, like a good seventy percent oh, or so. The like I said, the only one that stays ex- identical is Lambeau. Like they're staying right. essentially in, I guess, what I was considering the NFC. And with all of their current division rivals. And geographically, it just made too much sense to like change them. I'm not really sure what you would do. You would almost be going out of your way to split them up. Right. So right. I, I just think it, it makes it makes too much sense uh, to keep them together. But yeah, so that's my proposal, you know. So when, when this happens in the NFL in a few years, um, you know, we're just gonna have to uh You'll just get a you'll get a little footnote the Joe Mays realignment. System. Right, yeah, exactly, exactly. You know, Roger Goodell, your people get in touch with my people. We'll make something happen. <laughs> but I I think I think it's a fun discussion. I think it's certainly something that they should look into when when they're adding seventeen games. Now's the time to change things. Um, I doubt it's going Absolutely. to happen, but um, if it was going to happen, now would be the time. So, right. All right. Well, I think that's about everything. Was there anything else you needed to say, say or do or present, or you wanted to mention from the sports world? Um, not that I can think of. No, sadly. Yeah. No. Right. There's not much going on. Um, we had the Tokyo Olympics postponed an entire year. So there's that, which is right. not good because, uh, you know, the, uh, summer Olympics are a ton of fun. Um, right. I prefer winter, but like, how crazy is this? So like in college wrestling, which we both have gotten into a lot over the last few years, like they allow for Olympic red shirts, right? Like there were guys who didn't compete on the college level this year, taking a red shirt to compete and train for the Olympics. What happens now? You know, like it, it, it's a complicated thing. It was absolutely the right move. Um, and I, and by that, I mean to postpone it a full year because these athletes have their training schedule set out so far in advance that they set it to peak at certain times. And delaying it a month or something could be disastrous in terms of what that would mean to training regiments and preparation and all that stuff. Whereas resetting it a year, while disheartening and can ruin some people's chances, I'm not trying to minimize that, it does at least give people a similar cycle where they can kind of just reset and essentially redo the past year, which again, not to minimize that, that's a disaster, but like it, it's kind of what needed to be done. Right. Yeah. And it's interesting the way things will shape up because if you have any interest at all in the world cup with them delaying uh, the summer Olympics to 2021, Next year, right. we'll only have six months to wait until the Winter Olympics. Uh, normally, it's a year right. and a half. Uh, so we'll go summer 2021, Tokyo, then winter 2022, 
which I believe is in China. I believe the Winter Games are in China. Um, I believe they are in 2022. Yeah. Then I think that summer is the Men's World Cup in 2022. I, I believe so. Which is interesting because the UEFA Championship was that supposed to be 2021. European was supposed is I believe going to be in 2021, but like if the Olympics are in 2021, like it, it's going to be complicated. Yeah, are they able to squeeze both in at some point? I imagine they will. I imagine they'll just be heavy on the international schedule because in theory they were both going to be this summer. So I guess it's not all that different. Mm, yeah, April so. won't make any difference then. But so and then a year later you'll have the Women's World Cup. And then a year after that, you'll have the 2024 Summer Olympics. So there's significant worldwide international events. We just have to wait longer now, you know, because right, we haven't yeah, had right now. we haven't had anything um, since was it Winter Olympics in 2018? Was the last thing? Yeah. Was is that right? Yeah. Or there, I guess I, well, when was the when was the last World Cup? Was in was the girls was last summer World Cup? Yeah, they, they were last summer. Okay, yeah, so Women's World Cup was a year ago, and we were only going to have to wait a year to get to the Olympics. So we're delaying, we're d- just adding a year in here, and then we're going to kind of be flying through there um, with a whole bunch of stuff uh, together, yeah. which is uh, which is fun. So uh, I, I do yeah, favor the just, Winter Olympics, to, but... We need to get all this stuff sorted out and get everybody healthy and everything so we can just have sports again. Right, yeah. Right. Let's focus more on a, a national or even regional and uh, just get our uh, NBA and NHL seasons wrapped up and then welcome back baseball before we dive into football full-time. Oh, real quickly, what is your take on the possibility of college football being moved up two months? Have you heard that? Yeah, so I saw that, and then I saw people ripping it, saying, like, that person has no idea what they're talking about, all this stuff. I think it's a terrible idea. Like, I don't... I don't understand that at all. But, I thought it was being uh, like floated by like real people that it wasn't just like some writer's like proposal. No, I thought it, it was it was flo- it was floated by a real person, but I heard that someone else that was in the meeting said that that person has like yes, that was floated out there, but like no, that it has like virtually no chance of happening. Yeah, it like, it, it caught not- me off guard because I was like, why would you? I mean, I understand that their thought is there could be a unfortunate virus revival in the fall which would be devastating but i just don't know that infrastructure is in place both physical and paperwork and organizationally to move things from the end of august to like middle of july i just how do you bump that up six to eight weeks when there's basically has already though is unlikely to be an off-season program whatsoever on on a separate note, who would want to be playing in the SEC in the end of July? <laughs> right. Yeah, that would be yeah. brutal. That would be brutal. You think you think it's that, bad in no. in the swamp or Death Valley in like the middle of September? What do you think it's like on July July twenty fourth? Right, the best day of the summer. Well, that would be the worst day for a lot of people. <laughs> think, think about how many people would be dropping from heat exhaustion. It wouldn't be enough water to go around. So, no. all right. Like well, that. I think that about wraps it up. So that's my NFL realignment proposal. And Justin and I got to talk about it a little bit. I, I think it works. Yeah. There'll be some teams upset with their new alignment. And yes, a few rivalries will die, but there's a chance for them to be reunited on bigger stages and, um, you know, new rivalries and fierce competition can, uh, spring up, and I think you would see a lot of teams playing familiar faces and teams that maybe you would like to see more often. And you know, it's easy to focus on the Eagles, but Eagles Steelers, I think, is a prime example of a game that we wish would happen more often. And uh, no, 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 no. We can agree it would be interesting if it happened. I certainly do not wish it would happen more. Well, <laughs> yes, that's true. That's true. From your uh, familial alignment, this may not be in your best interest, but I think Correct. it would be a, a lot of fun to see the battles in the new Chuck Knoll division between the Browns, would, Steelers, Ravens, it, and Eagles. It would be fun. It would be fun. So. All right. Well, Justin, thanks for calling in and joining me this evening. Uh, let's do it same yeah, time again night. next week. All right. Thanks, man. All right. Thanks. Have a good night. We'll talk to you later. Yep. Yep.
All right, before I go, I do want to take a moment to uh, wish a very happy birthday to my Aunt Joyce celebrating today. Uh, and also my uh, brother-in-law, Jason, will be celebrating in just a few days. Uh, so happy birthday to both of them. Had a lot of March birthdays. Hopefully, I've mentioned them all over the last month. But it has been a hectic month. Hopefully, April gets better, but we do not expect the coronavirus situation to uh, be completely resolved um, as the calendar flips to April. So hopefully when it becomes May, there is a much brighter and sunnier outlook. Um, but, you know, until next week, uh, thanks for joining me. This was a fun little exercise. I have no idea what we're talking about next week, but we will have to start talking NFL draft soon as that starts in less than a month. So uh, this is it for episode 301 of the Joe Mays and JRAF show. That's a wrap on this episode of the Joe Mays and J-Rap Show, brought to you by Mays Sandwich Shop. Woo-hoo! You can watch each weekly episode live on Facebook, Periscope, or YouTube. Be sure to like, follow, or subscribe to the show on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play. You can also rate and review us on many of these platforms as well. We'd love to hear from you. Send your email to the Mays Sandwich Shop inbox at joemaysandjraff at gmail.com. The Joe Mays and JRAF Show is a part of the JMNJR Radio Network, home to other productions such as the Bulldog Hour, Tangents with Friends, and Nat Chats with Dad. Until next time.